Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good morning, everyone. I'm Alexander McLean, glad to be a member of this church since week uh, three or four, here with my wife, Hannah, my children, Frederick and Cicely. Although it's me you're hearing this morning, Hannah's by my side. As I was asleep last night, she was up editing my talk. Um, (laughs) And she's just been picking uh, bits of food off my clothes to make me more presentable before speaking to you. So this is the best the McLean family uh, have to offer. This is the second talk in our series of uh, When Jesus Met. We're exploring uh, Jesus' character through the interactions that he had with various people in the Bible. Before one of the uh, people who shaped me most in my life died, the day before, she was in her hospital bed and she said, I can see Jesus. I look back on that moment often and it's a real source of uh, comfort and confidence for me. It's one of the uh, situations in my life where I think, why didn't I ask more? Why didn't I ask what she saw or what it made her feel? I think as a church, we believe passionately that Jesus can and does encounter us vividly in 2019. I'm sure that many of us here have uh, examples that we could share of that. Our hope through this series as we look at Jesus' interactions with different people in the gospel is that we learn something new about his character, something new about his uh, posture, how he interacted with others then and how he might interact with us now. Our hope at the end of this series is that we're strengthened in our identity as God's sons and daughters and that we're equipped with a better understanding of Jesus' character so that we might live and love a little more as he does. I've enjoyed preparing for this morning and reflecting on how deeply countercultural many of Jesus' interactions were and how he with force and courage routinely tipped the social order of his day and of our day on its head, how he replaced the old covenant with the new one. As I've been preparing for this talk, I've wondered, what does it look like to bring myself here authentically? I should be clear that by default, I'm a doer rather than a thinker, and definitely a doer rather than a teacher. My trainings as a barrister, I'm used to dealing in facts and specifics of events. I often see things in black and white. Today I'm going to speak to you about a man who was blind, who had his sight restored, but there are many areas in my life where I don't see things clearly or have the same vision or foresight as the man I'm going to speak about. This is a story of Jesus hearing someone who was calling out and he responded, but many times in my life people call out and I walk on by with my earphones on. Sometimes it's difficult for me to understand how the stories of Jesus' life might play out in mine. Or perhaps it can simply be a case of me ignoring, uh, not paying attention. The passage we're going to look at together is Mark 10, 46 to 52. It tells of the encounter between Jesus and the blind beggar Bartimaeus. 
It would be great if we could have it on the screen, please. Thanks. I first really thought about this passage about a year ago when I was at Langata Women's Maximum Security Prison in Kenya. I was there with prisoners and prison officers who I work uh, alongside. We train them as paralegals to bring uh, justice in their community. We were there with a chap called Brother Norbert from the Teze community, a community um, in France of ecumenical Christians, which gather about 100,000, mostly young people, a year for times of uh, prayer and worship. As part of our little gathering at Langata uh, Women's Prison, we reflected on this passage, which had been uh, fundamental to Brother Norbert's formation um, as a brother. It really spoke deeply to the women prisoners and to the wardresses there, and I hope it might speak deeply to you, especially if you're today in the pit. You don't know where to look to. You don't know what the vision is for your life, and you're seeking encounter, especially if you're longing to have a heart that listens, if you're longing for greater vision, tenacity, determination. Inspired by the principles of Lexio Divina or divine reading, which were uh, established by St. Benedict a thousand years ago or more, we're going to read this passage together several times. As we do, please take time to close your eyes, to settle down, to imagine yourself in the midst of the scene as Jesus walked towards Jerusalem, knowing his death was approaching. As we read it just for the first time, perhaps there'll be a single word or phrase which sticks with you. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I'm now going to read the passage a second time, and afterwards I'm going to share some of my reflections on the passage. During the reading, during a moment of silence afterwards, and as I share my reflections, perhaps listen to God to see what he might be saying to you this morning, just as you are in the middle of your hope, your skepticism of being hungover, of being full of joy. I believe that God can speak to us right now in whatever situation we're in. I pray that he does so now. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me! Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, 
on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I understand Jesus' response here is essentially having three elements. He stopped, he became proximate, and he responded to what he heard with mercy. First, Jesus stopped. Jesus was at the center of a crowd of followers, going on a journey with purpose. He was heading towards Jerusalem, where he knew he'd die a, a horrible death and be resurrected, and in doing so, he would bring new life to the world. His journey was an important one. It was likely that he was surrounded by a considerable group of people, some including the disciples who'd been following him for a long time, who'd been studying his life in great detail, others who weren't so close but who were intrigued and wanted to know more. There may have been many people calling out to him, but Bartimaeus did so repeatedly, refusing to be silenced. He also knew that Jesus was the Messiah, calling him son of David. He had no doubt about Jesus' identity. Bartimaeus displayed determination, stubbornness, and vision. He persevered, even though he was an outcast. He was a beggar in the dirt, who was likely considered unclean by his community. I wonder who would have cared if Bartimaeus lived or died. And yet, Jesus stopped for him. Shane Claiborne, who's the founder of a missional community in America, said, Too often the church has promised the world that there's life after death and used it as a ticket to ignore the hells around us. Here we see the idea played out, repeated through the Gospels, that Jesus didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. As we live our lives, as we develop in our careers, as we nurture our families, as we follow what we might consider our calling, Whatever we do that gives our days meaning and purpose, it's not always easy to stop, to hear what we are telling ourselves, what those around us are saying to us, or what God might be saying. Jesus' example here challenges me to move more slowly, to live more slowly, to love more slowly, and in doing so, to open myself to more transformative encounters. Next, Jesus became proximate to the man. He became his neighbor. He got close. He stopped, and rather than sending a disciple or someone else in the crowd, rather than delegating, responding to Bartimaeus, he called him over so he could encounter him directly. Jesus wasn't put off by the fact that Bartimaeus was probably dirty, smelly, he was poor, he was an outcast, he was relentless, but still he drew close to him. For me, this is the essence of the passage and of Christianity. Jesus is often called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Jesus drew close to Bartimaeus. He stood with him. He encountered him just as he was. I love the way that St. Ambrose of Milan puts it in verses which have become a Teze song, which translated into English say, The Lord restores you. God does not push you away. The Lord comes to meet you. 
That's exactly what happened in this passage. I believe it's exactly what can happen to each of us today, just as we are here. Even if we don't have the courage of Bartimaeus to throw off the cloak, representing probably everything that he had, even if we don't have the voice to cry out, I believe that God can hear the cries of our heart. The times when we feel weak or we feel like a fool for praying, I believe that possibility of encounter is still there. After Jesus got close to him, he listened, and then he responded with mercy. Jesus gave great sermons. He had an answer to even the most challenging questions. He had words of comfort, words of challenge, and encouragement for many different situations. Before doing anything to or for Bartimaeus, he asks a question, then he listens to the response. There's no doubt that Jesus knew what Bartimaeus wanted, but still he gave him the chance to ask it. Bartimaeus did so in a direct way, which I think can encourage us to pray short, direct prayers. And Jesus responded simply with, go, your faith has healed you. For me, this passage offers encouragement that even in the midst of our most difficult moments, Jesus will listen to us. If not us shouting out, then perhaps our hearts crying out and he'll respond not always in an obvious way in the midst of the fog of fear or despair, and it might come in a different way than we expect. This also challenges me to spend less time talking and more time listening. It can be easy for me to succumb to my own storytelling abilities or my love of my own wisdom and the sound of my own voice when I encounter others. Through this passage, Jesus challenges me to remember a saying I've often heard in Uganda, that we have two ears and one mouth and we should use them in those proportions. Also to remember that our example can draw people towards Jesus or push them away. Gandhi, when asked if he was a Christian, said, I sure love Jesus, but the Christians seem so unlike their Christ. The Hebrew word for mercy, which Bartimaeus asked Jesus for, is hesed. It means steadfast love. It's a special word for showing God's loving attitude towards us and repeatedly comes up in Psalm 136, which speaks again and again of God's steadfast love and his mercy enduring forever. The fifth beatitude said, Blessed are the merciful, for they receive mercy. We need to give it if we want to receive it. We say it in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Grant us mercy as we grant mercy. Mercy is not just pity or compassion, empathy or sympathy. It's something you do, an action. In this case, Jesus gave sight. St. Augustine said, two works of mercy set a person free. Forgive and you'll be forgiven and give and you'll receive in doing so, in acting with mercy, we can be Christ in the lives of others. Teresa of Avila said, Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. May it be so for us. The idea of being in a pitiful state in darkness and crying out to God speaks to my life in many ways. 
Late last summer, the organization I founded and lead was struggling financially. My wife Hannah was experiencing a lot of pressure as a psychiatrist. A relative of one of her patients threatened to do an acid attack on her. My dad was diagnosed with a hereditary incurable heart condition. Uh, my children and I had recently witnessed someone get stabbed near our home. And we were pregnant with a baby whose heartbeat showed up erratically on a scan. It was difficult for me to know how to speak to God because it felt like all aspects of my life were in a mess. I didn't have a vision for how things could be better. One day I was speaking to Gemma on the phone. I said, Gemma, I don't know how to pray. She said, don't worry because we're holding you with our prayers. And, and many of you here did. That was a time when we felt surrounded by love and encouragement and when it felt like God was reaching out to meet us. Within a matter of months, our situation turned around. I gave a testimony here about it. My organization received several huge gifts. They were transformative, and our financial um, situation changed overnight. Our son started to heal from the trauma he had experienced from seeing this stabbing. My dad's fatal condition, um, which we were told had no cure, suddenly had a number of treatments uh, under development. Hannah's work pressure lifted. A restraining order was put in place against the person who was trying to do the acid attack on her. In many ways, like Bartimaeus, it felt like our prayers were answered and we were lifted from the pit. At, at many moments, the words of Ephesians 3.20 spoke powerfully to us, that God had done more than all we could ask or imagine. And yet, our baby died. During the moments when my heart's breaking, I sometimes chosen to listen to, and sometimes we've sung songs here where we have lyrics about God saying, you're good. Or, far be it for me to not believe even when my eyes can't see. And this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. <clears throat> I'm often reminded that despite what we might sing, being a Christian doesn't mean that our prayers always get answered as we ask that what we wish for comes to pass, or that our lives are without heartbreak. Heartbreak seems to me to be fundamental <coughs> to our humanity, which we share with people of all faiths and none. But in the midst of Hannah and my heartbreak, I believe that the very, very tiny and short life that we lost mattered, and that our prayers didn't fall on deaf ears that they never do. Even when things don't play out our way, that God doesn't abandon us. For slaves who prayed for liberation, but in fact they lived to see their children die as slaves. For the people in concentration camps who were calling out for freedom and they died there. For the people on London streets who this week will die because of the cold. I believe God knows them, that he sees them and he's with them and he's with us all the time, even when from the outside you can't see it. I'll now read the passage for a final time. As you listen and reflect, perhaps ask yourself if and how you'll respond to what you've heard and felt. Then the crowd came to Jericho 
As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. My hope is that my outlook on life is more like that of Bartimaeus than the crowd of people who are around Jesus but refuse to reach out to him. Pope Francis said, The faith that saved Bartimaeus did not have to do with his having clear ideas about God, but in his seeking him and longing to encounter him. I hope that in my life this longing might be all the time, not just the times when I've reached the end of my own ability or control. Maybe like me, you're someone who deals with so much brokenness and sickness and pain in their work that you forget that you're in need of healing too. Maybe you've been healed through receiving hospitality in this community and you've yet to be healed through having the chance to offer the same thing to others. Maybe you'd rather not admit to needing anything from anyone, including Jesus. Maybe you're asking how you become a neighbor who brings the newness of God into the lives of others. How you step out, embrace those you don't identify with. So often we have the temptation to wash our hands of them. Maybe you're asking, how do you imitate Jesus and dirty your hands instead? What does it look like for us to be the ones who say, be of good cheer, rather than to try to silence those calling out to Jesus. There's an opportunity now to respond to what you've heard. You might want to chat with your neighbor, to pray alone, to sit silently, to come to the front, to pray with someone else, or ask questions, or to challenge me. Even if you're afraid you've missed him, if you're in the midst of darkness and terrorized by fear that God's come and gone and you didn't recognize him, you can take heart. He's calling you in a way you can receive. God didn't, uh, Jesus didn't motion to Bartimaeus who couldn't see. He called him so he could hear. He met him just as he was and he can do so with you today. The band's going to come up now. We'll have a time uh, of worship. If you want to, um, you're welcome to come to the front and there'll be people who um, can chat.
um, all pray with you. Not that we believe that magical things happen at the front that can't um, happen anywhere else. Um, if there's someone next to you um, who you think um, could do with um, prayer or support or encouragement, please reach out to them and let us have a posture of reaching out to each other when it's awkward, when we don't exactly have the words. Let us grow proximate, having stopped, and let us respond to each other with mercy. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.